are listening to Category Management Musings from the Empower Group, and I'm Dalit Raheja. Last time, my partner Ann Kohler introduced our podcast with a focus on the differences between strategic sourcing and category management. We used our category management maturity model as the framework for that discussion. And as you recall, today, category management is the highest level of maturity and one that we are all striving to attain. Today, we're going to discuss the first domain in our maturity model, which is strategy. We will continue this series using the CMMM as the framework. So to make it easy for you, we'll make that available, along with some additional illustrations. We decided to change up the format slightly for today to make it a little bit more conversational. So I've invited Anne to join us today. Anne, say hello. Hello. Anne and I went back through all of our client engagements and our research to come up with the five biggest challenges and lessons learned as it pertains to strategy in the transformation to category management. And we thought you would get the most value out of that, and that is what we would like to share with you today. I do encourage you to let us know if this format makes the most sense for you and send us your suggestions. So let me start by telling you what we're going to tell you. There there are five areas that we're going to focus on. And as I said, this will be more of a conversation since we're trying to create verbal pictures for you. And the four biggest challenges that we discovered as we went back and uh, looked at everything, uh, the first one is related to what we call stakeholder value drivers and whether the strategy is actually derived from Uh, the stakeholder value drivers. And we'll, of course, define all that for you. The second biggest challenge we have discovered is that, and this is kind of surprising, uh, but fairly consistent, that while many people uh, have a strategy when we ask the next question, which is, do you have a roadmap on how you will execute or deliver the strategy? uh, Typically, we don't find something that, you know, we would feel comfortable with. The third challenge we will discuss is the one of adoption. And those of you that have followed our work over the last few years, we started talking about this, oh, probably six, seven years ago, and it still continues to be critical. And so we'll we'll make sure we discuss the importance of the linkage, not just of developing the strategy, but focusing on the adoption. The fourth one is governance. Uh, and that I think some of you may be surprised that that came up and we'll try to justify why we think it's one of the most important areas to talk about when we talk about going to category management. And the fifth one actually is going to be fairly interesting, we hope. We won't tell you what's in there, but it's called predictors of success. So these are things that Ann and I look for when we go talk to clients or prospects and try to see, you know, predict how successful do we think the client is going to be uh, in their transformation. And I I think you'll find that quite interesting. So with that, uh, let's get back into the discussion. And as I said, the first one that we wanted to cover in terms of the challenges we find out there is this thing called stakeholder value drivers. And we'll talk a little bit about that, but What's interesting is that when we talk to CPOs, and I'm sure Anne will agree to this, and we'll we'll try to bring some commentary in from her and me, is, yeah, we see things like cost, we see things like TCO, 
we see people talking about value and how their strategy is value focused and their entire organization focuses on value. But when you peel the, the layers a little bit, it becomes very obvious that there are two things that are glaring, glaringly missing in this whole conversation. One is that they have really not even identified all the stakeholders that they're servicing, which is fascinating when you think about it, given that these concepts have been around for quite a while. And that number two, uh, they have not also identified all the value that the stakeholders are most concerned about. And so what we find is that the right stakeholders are never identified, all the right stakeholders, and the right value is not identified. Dilip, that's a great point. And I think one of the issues is that identifying stakeholder value drivers is not easy, and that's why it's rarely done, because we find very few procurement organizations that are actually sitting down with their stakeholders to find out what is important to them. They are assuming what is important to them, um, and what ends up happening is when they don't take the time to identify the right stakeholders or have the conversation with the ones that they think they know, um, they're not really getting to the heart of what their stakeholders value. So their strategy by default is focusing on cost savings or TCO, as you noted earlier. Yeah, actually, it turns out that when you focus on stakeholder value drivers, it has a significant, and I mean fundamentally significant impact on your category management strategy. And we've actually included a slide to illustrate this point, so we'll tell you how to get this all this stuff, where we were working with a client, and you'll see this, and obviously we were called in to work on the normal TCO stuff and negotiate and get them the best price and make a long story short, when we identified the right stakeholders and we went and talked to them and identified the right value drivers, it turned out that actually the entire engagement should be shut down because what the client was asking us to buy, nobody wanted. And so without going into more detail, you'll find that on the slide. So that's an excellent point, actually, that by identifying and focusing on the right uh, stakeholders, it has a dramatic impact on your category management strategy. I think the biggest thing to think about when we talk about stakeholder value drivers, we're often asked, well, what do you mean by value? Well, the primary principle around identifying value is that it must always be defined by the customer. And in this case, the customer is your internal stakeholders. And so while we can sit down as a sourcing or category management organization and think we can identify what's what's most important to our internal business partners, we really have to take the time to sit with them because we may be surprised that what is of value to them is not necessarily what we've already identified. Well, and I think to add to that real quickly, uh, one of the traps we always fall into is, you know, trying to quantify with this thing called value and in most cases, and people find this surprising, uh, value and, you know, as defined by the stakeholder is non-quantifiable. So I think that's the other point I would add to that. Another one of the biggest challenges we've seen is that strategy usually does not include a roadmap. 
So we have found that where we find a strategy has actually been developed, roadmaps are seldom developed because there is usually no detailed plan that sits behind the strategy, which is what we consider to be a roadmap to make it executable. Well, and I think to add to that, when we have found you know, a roadmap, and you know, that's what we call it, unless there is some linkage between that roadmap and some kind of performance measures, both at the organizational level and at an individual level, those roadmaps really have a little chance of success. And where a roadmap is created, it requires a high-performance leadership team to execute it and to hold themselves and the organizational accountable. We've actually provided an illustration of a survey we conduct for leadership teams to assess their capability to lead an organization through the roadmap. So you may find that interesting and we encourage you to take a peek at it. And by the way, if you wanna do more reading, you can look up high performance leadership teams and that'll give you a clue about this topic also. Now, moving on, I think the third area that we wanted to focus on was this thing called adoption. And for those of you that have not been engaged in conversations with us over the last few years, we define adoption as much more or beyond just implementation. And we define adoption as the point where the stakeholder actually starts realizing some value from the solution, which is always much beyond what typically we would think of as implementation. So it's important that you understand the distinction between adoption and implementation. And what we find is that most clients have never thought about or focused on how are we going to get the strategy adopted. And it is clear in all the research, and this research has been going on for decades, by the way, and not just by us, but by many academics, that unless you have adoption, you don't realize the value from your solutions. Now, by the way, we did provide a slide on this also, and we have uh, an example of three different software implement, same software implementation by three different companies and why they realize totally different value. And it's because one focuses on adoption and the other one doesn't. And there is a way to increase adoption. It is both an art and a science, but the way to get started on this is whenever you're developing something new um, or coming up with a recommendation for your stakeholders, focus on the endpoint. Your endpoint should be adoption as opposed to I'm just going to put this in place and get it implemented. And that's a good way to start the path towards adoption. And we're consultants. We always acronyms for this stuff. And so the one you may want to think about is what we introduce something called DFA, which is you must design your solutions for adoption, which is what Ann is saying. And one of the keys to this, by the way, is something that Ann talked about already, which is for to increase adoption, you must know your stakeholder value drivers. And so I just wanted to repeat that point and to remind you that what Ann was talking about, people think that that is simple. Uh, and it is slightly more than just being a simple process. So there is some science and art to making sure you have all the stakeholder value drivers identified. We started talking about and working on adoption a number of years ago when we were called in by the McDonald's CIO 
as he was trying to determine how he increases adoption of new technologies that they introduce into their restaurants. So here were just a couple of um, the techniques um, that we worked with him on. One was that initial investments of technology were ID'd for adaptability. So that was one of the key criteria they used to determine which new technology they would actually invest in. Second, they built adoption into their whole project management approach so that they were thinking adoption every step of the way and actually investing in making sure that their solutions were adopted. And then they also changed their metrics. So for them, success ended up being adoption and not just implementation. Let me segue into the next biggest challenge, which is strategy is not supported by effective governance. And we consider effective governance to be the number one accelerator of a strategy. It helps to streamline decision-making because it helps eliminate decisions going back and forth between the category management teams and some of their leaders who are helping them make, a dis make decisions. And we actually have an illustration of a governance model in the materials that we think you will, you will find interesting. Well, and I, and I think we've noticed this and now we of course make it part of our, our work with clients. What this also does is if you have appropriate governance at place, uh, it creates actually a high degree of alignment across the stakeholders and business units because most of these people, because they're stakeholders, they want to be part of the decision-making process. And by engaging them in the governance process, you, uh, you add significant more credibility for the sourcing function and significant more collaboration. And we also find that governance leads to accountability with the stakeholders to deliver the strategy. And the beauty of the governance model is when you get the various business units in the room, it actually forces the members to hold each other accountable, to get decisions made, and actually to make sure that the strategy is implemented. If you think of this whole thing, organization, your, your transformation, whatever you're working on as any kind of a system, Decision-making, slow decision-making, and I would argue beyond that, ineffective decision-making is the largest cause of friction. If you think of friction as things that slow down uh, progress uh, in any kind of a system. So this decision-making and having appropriate governance to make sure you have effective decision-making is actually quite, quite critical. And we have had situations where clients have said, nope, we don't need any governance. We get decisions made just fine within our organization. As slow decision-making started to wear them down and they put governance processes in place, um, they found that the governance itself was invaluable, an invaluable accelerator in, in making their strategy a reality. So thanks, Ann. Those were the four, I guess, what we would call the biggest challenges we typically find in the domain of strategy in the maturity model when we think about this whole you know, transformation to category management. And as promised, I thought what we would do is also get into this thing that we call the predictors of success, which is, you know, what are the things that we look for 
when we're talking to clients or prospects. And the first one, which should not be a surprise to anybody coming from us, uh, you know, we were considered goofs when we brought this up 25 years ago, but it's still hot and critical and it continues to be change management. The good news here is that there's lots of acknowledgement about the importance of change management. And we're starting to see some level of adoption, but clearly it is still a big gap. So we, we look at that as a major predictor of success still. And another one of those predictors is competencies. So we need to ensure that we have the right resources in place with the right skills to actually execute the strategy. So while a number of organizations think I need to make sure my people are trained and competent in the category management process, we would argue that you need to think about those strategic competencies that will actually help make your strategy a reality. And those would be things like consulting and facilitation, collaboration, working in teams, innovation. And in fact, we have an illustration of a competency model in in the materials that we have have made available to you. And the last predictor of success is we we want to see whether the organization has a way to, as uh, Ann was talking about strategic competencies, that are they focused on the strategic processes, meaning have they made and do they know how to make the shift from tactical to strategic? And so you will see an illustration of this also in the handful of slides that we're making available for you. And at the bottom, you will see all the tactical processes and in the middle, you will see what we think of as strategic processes. So that's another thing that we want to see. Does the client or prospect have a way of addressing that? So with that, we will wrap up. We thank you for joining us today. I also want to tell you that we will cover the next domain in the model, which is risk management. Uh, In addition, I want to tell you about a webinar that we have coming up, which I think is going to be quite significant. So we do want to mark uh, your calendars for that, and I'll give you the details in a second. But we're discussing the long-term impact of coronavirus on supply chains and how it it, it is going to lead to some fundamental long-term strategic shifts for all of us. So please mark your calendars for March 18th at 10 a.m., and we will provide you a link for that also. Uh, Let us know if you find this of value, especially the format change. If not, let us know how we can make the change. Thanks for listening to Category Management Musings. This podcast is provided by the Empower Group and is intended to provide general information only. The podcast is not intended to constitute advice or services of any kind. For additional information about the Empower Group, please go to www.thempowergroup.com. We also release new podcasts regularly, and if you subscribe, you won't miss an episode. Follow us on iTunes Podcasts or Spotify. Please leave a review on your podcast app, and please invite others to listen. To stay connected and receive more information on the Empower Group service offerings, visit www.theempowergroup.com services and follow us on Twitter at The Empower Group.